actually wants to look good when you say, what is your record? Roll with it? Are you sleeping on the dance floor at the disco? You want your coach to say, hey, I know what I'm doing. Can you dig? Like me. You may even want a little decoration for the next. Once you got that figured out, you want to make sure that you're fitting in. You got the right thread, now you want to be doing the right thing. You're at the disco. You can have the moon. Now you're at the roller rink. You skate backwards, you're in a couple skates. I mean, you want to be dynamite on the social scene. You want to be normal. Now you know. Did you say normal? Totally. For today? Today! This is not normal. And being dynamite at the roller rink is not going to help you on the social scene. Hey, looking cool, acting cool, doing what's normal, win, win, win. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but I, you don't have to, because I got to go. I'm about to get funky at the disco. I'll catch you on the flip side. Now, see, it isn't. It's not, it's not time to get funky at all. <laughs> Well, good morning, everyone. As you've just seen in the uh, video there, we're, we're launching a new series call, called Normal Today, and we're looking at my normal, what I define as normal, and our normal, what we define as a society as normal. And we're going to be digging in the next couple weeks into what the Bible says about what's normal. And I uh, wanted to uh, just welcome everyone here. We're glad that you're all here. And wanted to kind of kick off the series by talking a little bit about sociology. I don't know if any of you have taken sociology or cultural anthropology or anything like that uh, in school, but I picked up a book recently called Sociology for Dummies. And uh, anytime you know you, you look at something like that, you're kind of you feel a little insecure and sensitive, and then you read it and you're like, wow, that's just on my level. Like that's that's what I needed, and maybe that says a lot about myself. But I uh, wanted to just kind of throw out some terms that will help us as we talk about culture, as we talk about uh, cultural norms, society and different things. And so this will help us kind of all get on the, the same page. Uh, this is from uh, Sociology for Dummies, describing kind of cultural norms. Uh, culture is actually the culmination of ideas, norms and values that are acceptable in society. So norms, values, ideas that are acceptable. Uh, for the majority of people, they're, they're acceptable. Cultural norms are commonly accepted expectations for behavior. Uh, as you saw in the video, we had a little clash of eras. We had kind of the 70s guy and the modern guy, and the two didn't exactly meet. And that was because there was a different sense of what the acceptable behavior was. Uh, we don't go to the roller rink much anymore. Um, and if we do, it's rollerblades. And we don't really use that as a social point these days. It's mostly for kids, birthday parties. If you do go to roller rink, that's great as well. But for the most part, this doesn't really define us as a society as, as it used to. And that's part of our norm. It's a expectation for behavior, what's popular, what's in, what's not in. And, and we all have different things that we experience and different eras have different values. And what you find is, is mainstream culture tends to shift based on what's popular, what's cool. And what you find is what's normal uh, can actually really feel like a tidal wave as you're sucked into as a society, what, what all of us do or what is done around you and kind of the normal expectations uh, for what goes on recently. If you even think about this in terms of technology, uh, just how normal technology is a part of our life. When I went to college, I actually did not know anyone with a laptop when I first started. I didn't. In fact, I had an email called Juno. Do you remember Juno? Now it's a movie, 
But back then it was actually an email account and you got like a CD and you thought it was cool because you got a free CD. And you're like, wow, I want to email. They give me a free CD and it makes this noise. And an hour later you log in and you can actually use the Internet. And back then that was normal. Now everyone is connected all the time. Back in the day, you know, if you wanted to have a conversation, it was a wire connected to a wall and you had one line. And so if your parents were on the phone, you couldn't be on the phone at the same time with your friends. And then they had call waiting. Remember when that was invented or star 69? You can't prank call anymore because they will find you. Right. All these things kind of back in the day, like we didn't have technology, we didn't have phones, we didn't have all these things. And that was a part of our life. It was part of our culture. And even as society as a whole, even crowds can define what's normal. I wanted to just share a brief story that kind of impacted my life in a real way. A few years ago, I went to Dodger Stadium and Dodger Stadium actually has a normal culture to it as well. There's a thing of what is acceptable behavior. I was sitting in the pavilion and there's something called beach balls. Okay. And at Dodger Stadium, they take beach balls very seriously. And you don't want the beach ball to go over the railing to the next section. In fact, the crowd will, will boo you. They will boo you and shame you. And you're in this norm. This is what normal is at Dodger Stadium. Don't do that. Well, I decided I was going to get a beach ball and I wanted to participate in what was going on. And I thought there's no way that I'm going to hit it straight down over the railing. I don't want to be booed. I don't want to be hissed out of this stadium. And so I had a friend. I, I couldn't get the ball myself. Maybe that's a clue. If you can't get the beach ball, you shouldn't be able to use the beach ball. But I had a friend. This guy was like, if you get the ball, hand it to me. I'm going to launch it. It's going to be awesome. And so I wasn't even watching the game at this point. I'm like sucked into the beach ball. And everyone around is like, yeah, good throw and booing. And it's just, this is crazy. Like I pay for this, not the game. And all of a sudden my friend grabbed the beach ball, handed me the beach ball. And I stood up and I hit it to the side of the stands and it didn't go up in the air like I thought it would. It was a line drive across the stands and it hit a woman right in the head. <laughs> and at that point I thought, oh, that did not go as I had thought. And all of a sudden, the stadium picked up on the fact that I had nailed a woman in the head with a beach ball. And it was like DEFCON 5. Like, all of a sudden, boo! And I'm they are booing me all around. And I, I'm starting to get nervous, like the crowd is against me. Well, the guy, the, the girl I hit has a, has a guy next to her. I don't know if it was a husband, boyfriend, brother, I don't know. He stood up and he like, like threw his arms up. And I know enough that if a guy looks at you mean, meanly and he throws his arms up, like he's not saying, hey, let's hug it out. Right. He's saying we're going to throw down. And so as he's saying, let's throw down. I was like, I'm going to sink down in my seat. And I started to turn red and my friend is just cracking up. I mean, he is shaking. I look out of my purple because I'm not looking that way anymore. I'm just looking straight like, oh, what inning is it? Who are we playing? And I'm never going to touch a beach ball in my life. And that's just a simple example. Like you, you get sucked into that, just what a crowd views and what they believe and what's important. And just in that instance, I realized the power of normal. I, I did what was abnormal. Note to self, don't hit people in the head with a beach ball at a baseball game. Okay, learn from my mistakes. But in that moment, I realized it was like a tidal wave of emotion. There was this whole group that was just booing me. And I just at that point realized that I did not belong. I messed up. I didn't fit. I broke the rules. And that's how normal works in a society. A lot of times there's these things that kind of the power of culture and the power of media and the power of education, which view certain things. 
And this feels like a tidal wave where you just can get sucked into what they're saying is important. You get sucked into what it's saying is the value. And for this series, what we're going to be talking about the next two weeks is not necessarily what culture says is normal or what the mainstream media says is normal or education says is normal. But actually, what does God say is normal? What is the acceptable behavior defined by God? And so I wanted to just take a moment and and talk about some assumptions that we're going to be laying out that I think will help, as you know, kind of where I'm coming from as I speak about this. So here's some major assumptions that will help you kind of know the big picture of what we're going to be talking about. The first is the assumption is we're viewing this as God is our maker in this world. God is our maker and we thrive by living his way according to his design. Basically, God has defined reality. He has defined what is normal. He's defined what is acceptable. And it's our job as humans, since we are made by him, to discover what that is. So that's a major assumption. The second assumption is that God gave us the Bible to teach us how to live his way according to his design. So if he made reality and he revealed it to us, a Christ follower is somebody that sees the Bible as the the primary source that God defines and reveals who he is to us. And so the Bible for the Christ follower, for the Christian, is very important. Because if it's true that God is our maker and has given us life to be lived a certain way, we see the Bible as this is where we find out what that looks like. This is what we find out what's important, what's not important, what we should bank our life on, what we shouldn't bank our life on. The scriptures are what guides us. And so if you've been exploring Christianity, you've been trying to figure out what really makes a Christ follower. These two assumptions are critical for the Christian life. God is our maker. And basically he he has the right to call the shots. He's God. We are the created. He is the creator. And that gives him the right to tell us what we should do. And that's what a Christian believes. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have freedom. God doesn't take away our freedom, but it does mean that we actually need to live life his way. And the way we find out life his way is by digging in to the scriptures that he has given to us graciously. And so that's the assumption. God is our creator. And while he could remain a complete mystery and be far off, he's actually drawn close to us. He hasn't left us to try to figure things out on our own. He's actually given us the word of God so we can kind of know what the boundaries are. We can know what normal is. And so our job on this earth is actually to take the time And take our due diligence and ask questions so we can find out what is God's view on this life? What's God's view on what I should think? What's God's view on how I should act? What's God's view on how I should speak? And what you find is as you dig into the scriptures, it becomes very clear as you spend time soaking it in on the kind of life that God wants us to to live. See, it's very easy to kind of view God as something out there that can't be known. But actually, as you draw close to God and you take the time to try to understand him, you find that he actually speaks very specifically to life. In the different arenas of life. The different things that are acceptable to him. And so I encourage you as you, no matter where you are, take the time to think, Okay, what are the assumptions that I have in my life? What defines my normal? What defines what's acceptable to me? Does that match these assumptions? And for just the next two weeks, no matter where you are, I want you to kind of realize that we're taking this approach through this lens. God is our maker. 
He's given life. He's designed it. And he's given the word of God so we can learn what that is. And you're welcome here, no matter where you are, you're welcome here to really try to figure out what God has to say to you according to the scriptures. And so I, part of my, my encouraging and challenge to all of you, no matter where you are, in the next two weeks as we look at what God says about life, challenge yourself to actually dig into the scriptures yourself. Take the time to, to learn what, what he has to say. And what you'll find is what God has to say is so much greater than what man has to say. God gives us truth and gives life in a way that no man can design it. He's God. So I encourage you to, to, to discover and, and to seek him out yourself no matter where you are. So I want to take some time to kind of look at what has God kind of in a big picture sense given us as the, the key ingredients to the, the best kind of life. Like what makes the best kind of life? As we talk about normal, none of us would wake up and are motivated by actually not being normal. If you've ever been in a social setting where you don't fit in, it actually is, is very intimidating. It could be overwhelming. It could just, you feel like you don't belong, you don't fit, you don't know how to kind of make sense of your environment. But what you find is, is actually, we do life God's way. That is the best way we can be normal. Because it's God who we want to please. Not those around us, but the living God who made us. And so God has basically, in the scriptures, given us, here's, here's the key ingredients to the best kind of life. And I want to take it back kind of to the, the beginning of time as God was defining what this looks like to his people. And the book of Genesis is the first book in the scriptures. And he is, uh, through Moses, kind of defining this is the way that you stay within the boundaries that, that God has created. This is the way that you actually live normally and what's acceptable to God. And this is part of Moses' farewell speech. And so the people have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They've, they've had good times. They've had bad times. They've obeyed God. They've not obeyed God. And they're kind of at this culmination where they're about to enter the promised land. They're about to experience the blessing that God said he would give them. And Moses is ending his leadership and he's going to be passing it on to Joshua. And in this moment, he's just giving them that this is what you have to do with your life. He's giving them out of all the things that you've experienced, the highs and the lows, pay attention to this. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy. Sorry, I said Genesis is the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Starting in verse 15, it says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days 
that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. So here's a sweeping kind of farewell address where, where Moses is saying that this is what's really important. You know how we've lived and you're entering a new land and with that new land, there's going to be a whole lot of different opportunities to either choose to live God's way or not live God's way. To stay close to what he says, to not stay close to what he says. To be the people of God or choose to kind of be your own people that defines things themselves. And he's saying, choose wisely, choose life, choose to live the life that God has given us the way he has designed it to be lived. And in this passage, it's just packed with just these reminders of this is the life that God has for you. And it starts with you need to obey the commandments. You need to do what God says. Don't forget what he says, Moses is telling the people. And this is how you love him. You walk in his ways. You keep his commandments and his statutes and his rules. You get the point where probably the people are, are listening there and they're just seeing their leader. And seeing all that they've known about him and all the different meetings he's had with God. And they're hearing him. And this could be just the last time they're going to be able to hear the words coming out of his mouth himself. And, you know, I'm sure some are just like, yeah, yeah, Moses, we know. Don't break the rules. It doesn't go well when we break the rules. And some of them may be thinking, wow, he's not going to get to go to the promised land with us. This is his, like, last charge. And they just may be overwhelmed. But whatever the people were feeling, there's a sense of Moses drawing the line. This is what is important. This is what you need to spend your energy on, your life with. This is the boundaries that God has given you. And really what he's defining is there's life two different ways. There's life within the boundaries that God has created and there's life outside of the boundaries that he's created. These boundaries are, are like fence posts where there's protection within the fence post, protections within the boundaries and outside of it, God is not protected. He can't protect you because you're not living within the boundaries that he's given. And so Moses is reminding the people, stay within the fence. Stay within the boundaries. Not just for you and your life, but for your offspring, for the generations to come. We need to do life God's way. And so that's the key ingredients. We have to obey his commandments. We have to know what he says and we have to live it. And you get this, this picture, it's stark contrast, blessing and curse, life and death. I don't know, when I read that, I think, well, that, that's kind of, it's pretty extreme. It's kind of overwhelming. That kind of hits you right upside the face. But if God is our maker and we're allowing him to define what we do and not do, then we have to decide how real is that? How real is the boundaries that he's put in? Recently, my, my two boys got a bunk bed. And bunk beds are awesome because they take so much less space in a room. The problem with bunk beds is you have one of your sons that's going to be sleeping upstairs, as I call it. And with that comes a steep drop to the floor. In our new house, there's carpet. And so I think, like, okay, that's good. There's carpet. That will cushion the fall. But regardless, a bunk bed is, is pretty tall. And so we have put a bed rail on the bunk bed. And that's really, you know, if for some reason he's sleeping and he's rolling, he's going to roll, hit the rail, and he's not going to smash and collapse on the floor. 
Now, part of it could be that, yes, limits his freedom. He can't do stage dives off of the top bunk. And I'm sure in a year or two, that's going to really squelch his right to express himself, to launch to his little brother that will be crushed under him. But the bottom line is, as his parents, we realize that that guardrail is more important than the freedom he may not have. Because his life will be protected by staying with that guardrail. And that's really what Moses is saying. This may feel like it's restricting. This may feel like, you know, you're going into this new land and you just want to experience the life. This awesome life and the freedom that you've had that you've never had before. But that freedom, you have to make sure you stay within the boundaries. Because blessing and life hinge upon it. The generations hinge upon it. So there's this idea of what normal is and what God has defined is is very serious. Because here we find in the scriptures, you stay within the boundaries or you don't. You get protection and blessing or you really are going about life your own way, defining it as you please, defining it as you see it. What this passage is saying is those are not the key ingredients. We have to be so careful to do what God says. I wanted to also share a couple other scriptures which kind of define Jesus' role in helping us define what's normal. And if you've read the scriptures before, you have this, at least for me, I have this picture of Jesus where he really loved people wherever they were. And that's true. Jesus was always meeting people in all different parts of life. And he loved and connected with people. He wanted to know people. He wanted to accept people. He wanted to ultimately point people to God and his will for their life. And as you dig into the scriptures, you find that every time Jesus is talking about what the Bible says, he's always in line with what it is. If you want to know what Jesus says, it's actually what the Bible says. Because Jesus and the Bible, they match up. And Jesus has this... This, his understanding of his own life, that he has actually come to, to complete the scriptures, to kind of the prophecies that have come. He's come and he fits in place and he's in line with the scriptures and he's supporting the scriptures. And he's saying to the people, don't forget that these boundaries still exist. And he actually gives a, a kind of a stark like promise to the people as he's uh, ministering as well, which kind of aligns with what Moses is saying. And in John 10, 10, he gives a picture of the enemy, devil, Satan, in his kind of view of humanity. And then he gives the picture of, of him. And he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so Jesus has come. So we may actually experience abundant life, the good life. I don't know about you, when I think about what's normal and acceptable and what's cool and not cool, I'm always thinking in terms of how do I fit in? How do I do what's acceptable? How do I do so I'm not sticking out and being off here in my own world that doesn't fit the rest of the world? And Jesus is saying, wait, 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 you want the good life, but the good life doesn't come outside of God and his ways. The good life comes in God and his ways. It comes within the boundaries that he has set. And so our job is, if God is our maker and he has said he's defined what normal is, our our job is to really dig into the scriptures and discover what that is. What has God said about how we should live? 
What has he said about the, the many different areas of life? And how do we dig into the scriptures to actually find out what he has said? That's really what following Jesus is. Following Jesus is a commitment to doing life God's way. To do life God's way means we need to know what God's way is. And that's where we have to dig into the scriptures. Uh, if you're here today, you may think, well, who knows today what, the, what normal is? Uh, in each culture, there's so many different people that live so many different ways. And the key for us is, well, we have to find out what, what has God said is normal. Um, what, what has God said means that we, we live inside the fence. And there's many hot topic issues. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about what God says about those areas. But the bottom line is, is Jesus has revealed in the scriptures what is important to God. And our job, again, is to, to dig in and find out. Um, if you follow Jesus, you, you, you want to know what he thinks about marriage and family life and sexuality. If you follow Jesus, you want to know what he says about protecting life, like abortion, euthanasia, capital punishment. Whatever the Bible says about that, that's Jesus' view of those things as well. And actually, the Bible presents, here's God's view of these things. And so we need, to, we need to unpack that. Again, if you're like me, it's easy to get sucked into the tidal wave of mainstream thinking. And so what we have is we have culture, what's acceptable. We have media, what's acceptable. We have our experience, what's acceptable. We have education, what's acceptable. And these things can pull us along. They can pull us along and say, well, that's normal. No, this is normal. Well, that, what about that? What's this normal? And we have sometimes this just feeling like we've just been wiped out by a huge wave. And in the midst of that, our role is to find out, well, what does God say is normal? What does God say is morally good and acceptable to him? So in the midst of all the pull and the tidal wave that we experience, God's looking for people that actually want to know his thoughts. On things. And the reason is this when we, when we bust through the fence of what's acceptable to God, there are consequences. What Moses was talking about wasn't theory. He's saying if, if you bust the boundaries, you will not be as blessed. God wants you to have the good life. Jesus came so we may experience that, but that means doing life God's way. So you think through the different issues that we, we face today in a culture. Think about the consequences of certain things. If you live a, a partying lifestyle, yes, people have the freedom to do that. But what comes from the party lifestyle? Ultimately, you can get yourself in a tons of bad situations, connecting to a lot of people sexually, and at the same time feel completely alone. What's normal for marriage now? Well, marriage is something kind of... You may agree to, you may not to agree to. And affairs and divorce are just rampant. The idea of till death do us part, that's not normal anymore. But to God it is. Other hot topic issues like homosexuality, there's actually major health concerns related to that lifestyle. And God has views of that as well in the scriptures. And so you look at the different things related to sexual promiscuity, marriage and family. What does God actually say about those things? And how, if we live life his way, can we actually be protected 
from the things that cause damage to us. In, in Deuteronomy 5.29, there's another passage which kind of is a, is a promise uh, to us. And it says this, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commandments always, so that it may go well with them and their children forever. The idea of fear in the scriptures is not something that we want to be terrified of God and who he is. We want to be terrified that his iron fist is going to come down and crush us. It really is this idea that we actually care about the God who made us enough that we actually want to do what he says. The Bible isn't just kind of this rule book that we get crushed if we follow or if we don't follow and we get blessed if we do. But it's really this it's a handbook for this is the best kind of life you can live. That's the idea of fear. You know, God, I don't exactly know how I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. I don't exactly know how I can be normal in the culture and actually please you. I don't know how those two meet together. I don't know how those two exist. But the fear of God is saying, but you know, God, I mean, I understand how that all works, but I want to please you. More than I want to please myself. I want to limit my freedom to do what I want to do to actually live in line with reality as you have said it. That's the fear of God. Staying within the boundaries. And that's the fear. We realize that life goes well when we do it God's way. And here's the thing about God. If you've walked with Him a long time or just a short time, you know that, that he, is, he is gracious. He meets us where we're at. He shows us the life we're supposed to live and He actually gives us the power to do it. That's what I bank my life on. Not that I'm good enough or that I understand all that I'm supposed to be and do, but that God is gracious and when I mess up, He actually gives me the power to clean up. He actually gives me the power to change. And no matter where you are in kind of what defines normal for you, I encourage you, God wants to enter into your world and your life and actually transform you from the inside out. He may not immediately transform your circumstances and it doesn't mean all your trouble is going to vanish, but it does mean that he's going to give you help in the moment to live life his way. Because that's where abundant life is. It's actually being able to do life God's way. And the promise of the scripture is so that it may go well with them. Not only them, but their children. There's this idea that the people who actually follow after God are leaving a legacy that will be passed on to the next generation. They're saying this is what is normal. This is what the Lord God wants from us. We are going to do life His way. And their kids will see, well, that's normal. We want to do life His way. And their kids will see, well, that's normal. We want to do life His way. And what you see is generations are impacted by those that decide, I want to live within the boundaries of what God says is acceptable to Him. Now, if you're not sure where to start and how to figure out how to read the Bible to find this out, there's there's a handout uh, as well in your program. Why don't you, everyone pull that out? Uh, we provided this to you. This is not like an exhaustive what the Bible has to say about every issue that you may be wondering about. But this is just to get you started on some scriptures that talk through 
some of the key issues that you may be wondering about. What's God's view on this? What's God's view on that? And so if you look at that handout, uh, this is really for you to, to take on your own time to start digging in the scriptures for yourself. And I encourage you, as you look at a little scripture and you feel, well, that doesn't make any sense. Read some before it. Read some after. Read some of the context so you can see what's going on. The more you read, the more you can see the, the big picture. And so I encourage you, use this to inform yourself. And again, if, if you just are reading that and you're like, I need more. I need to kind of understand more. I'm not sure what this means. I don't understand. I don't know if that's real. Uh, talk to a, a group leader or, or you can talk to me, a staff member. You can write on your connection card. And we want to provide you more resources. If you just like to know, what does God view on this? Or what is God's view on that? We want to help you get the answers that you're looking for. And so I encourage you, uh, you can use that uh, on, your, on your own time. Uh, feel free to, to read through that uh, this week. I wanted to close uh, the, the message by just encouraging you, kind of where I started, which is the question of all that we've been looking at related to God and, and his uh, place in defining what's normal. Who defines normal for you? Before you go any further, that's really a question that we each have to answer. Who defines what's acceptable? Who defines what you should do? Who defines normal for you? And I encourage you to ask that question before you go any further, because who defines your normal is going to determine what you do with your life. And the second is this. I encourage you to consider, would your life be different if God defined normal for you? How would it be different? Would it be more hopeful? Would it be more burdensome? Just ask that question. You don't have to talk about that with anyone else if you don't want to, but just ask that question. Who defines normal for you? And what would your life be if actually God defined it? Would it look any different? Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more of our normal as a society and culture. And so I invite you back to, to come next week. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And there's some next steps that right before I finish that you can take today on your connection card. Finish filling that out if you haven't yet. And you can drop that in the offering as that comes by. Uh, but you may want to read the key passages in the handout like I mentioned. Or gain some understanding of God's perspective of normal so you can begin sharing that with your kids. Again, it's the idea of how do you pass on this to the next generation. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your grace and We, we are not left to try to figure things out on our own, although you let us and you give us the freedom to just pursue what we want to pursue. God, help us to be a people that actually make decisions that line up with doing life your way. And I know for my own life, when I'm not, when I've gone outside the boundaries, I've experienced the consequences, but ultimately I've also experienced you welcoming back and your love making me realize that it's not what I've done that defines me, but who I live for. And God, I pray that that's true for, for all of us here, no matter where we are, that we will actually look to you as, as being a God that can actually give us the guidance that we long for. And God, I pray that although the boundaries that you provided can sometimes seem restrictive, 
It's actually through these boundaries that we have protection. And we actually thrive under your protection. So God, I pray that that will be true for each of us today, that as we seek you, as we define and look at what is normal to us, God, help us to consider you as we do that. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.